Good morning, Covenant College. Uh, it's again an, an honor for me and a privilege to be here with you this morning. And how exciting is it that you get to celebrate Latino uh, Hispanic Heritage Month? Um, again, what an honor for me to be here with you. In my community of faith uh, down in uh, East Lake, we take the month of September as well to celebrate and rejoice on how much our brothers and sisters from Latin America have influenced and enriched our lives. And for us, it's also down there an opportunity to consider together how the Word of God speaks into the issues we face as aliens, as immigrants. And I have a confession to make before we uh, dig into uh, our short text this morning. Um, this celebration is officially known as Hispanic Heritage Month. And as a Brazilian, I'm afraid I don't fit into that category. But I'm grateful that uh, the chapel department decided to adjust the name to Latino Heritage Month, including my background a little bit as well. And because of that, I ask for your permission to read our passage this morning, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 11, uh, in Portuguese, the language we speak in Brazil. Um, I hope you enjoy hearing a little bit of Portuguese. So this is 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 11. Amados, peço-vos como peregrinos e forasteiros que vos abstenhais das concupiscências carnais que combatem contra a alma. That's it. Short verse. This is the word of God. Would you, would you pray with me real fast before we dig in? Father, we are gathered together in your name this morning, and as your people, we pray, would you visit us this morning with your presence? Would you instruct us and guide us and provide food to your people? Would you, Father, enable us to see Jesus, to follow him, and to be transformed in that process? It's in his name that we pray. Amen. It's kind of a strange to see all of you guys so scattered in front of me. But um, I was 24 years old, uh, I guess a little older than uh, some of you or most of you, when I discovered that I was an alien. Yeah, I tried that before and the people didn't laugh, so I don't think it's a good one to use. But uh, it sounds like the beginning of a sci-fi movie, right? Just. Uh, uh, living like an alien in a different land. But as you know, alien is the legal definition of an individual who is not a citizen of the country they find themselves in. And in our case, someone who's not a US citizen. And I was 24 years old when I moved to this country to study. It feels it's been like a lifetime ago, and it has been. Uh, but I still remember the first time I had to fill out an official form and had to check the little box that said alien. Uh, I was talking to a friend the other day and he shared a very similar experience. Uh, when he was uh, filling out a form for his, for his then wife to be from Ecuador, the name of the form was a petition uh, for an alien fiance. You know, it's quite exciting to be an alien in a different land. And if you had a chance to spend time in a different country, you will have experienced this. At first, you know, things are different. 
the colors and the smells and the way that life works. But it's a good different. And uh, at times, life in a foreign land is a lot easier. Uh, you know, systems here especially, they work. Opening a bank account is easy, and getting a driver's license is easy. Driving in this country is easy. Stop signs are meant to be stop signs. Um, even writing papers here is easier. Uh, it was an adjustment for me to write papers in English, but, you know, uh, it's kind of a nice to be able to go straight to the point and not having to beat around the bush the way we do in Brazil, in Portuguese. It just makes more sense. But, you know, sometimes being an alien is quite challenging as well. The language, it takes time and energy to be able to express ourselves in a different language. And adjusting to a different uh, set of value systems uh, is quite challenging. Uh, a favorite at our house is how I relate to time. Uh, as a good Latino, I am chronically late for many things, but there is always a reason for that. But I promise you will finish in time for you to go to class. Relating to other people can be challenging sometimes. Steph and I uh, now joke about the fact that some of our cultural refer references growing up, music and TV shows and sports, uh, are very different from each other. They're not the same cultural references that she had growing up. And it took us time to learn how to bridge those differences. In fact, it took uh, my wife living in Brazil for three years to get a better sense of why I do things the way I do, why I think the way I think, uh, why I am the person that I am. You know, this national identity that you also have as American citizens, uh, which is not the core of uh, who we are. We are also students and brothers and sisters, and in my case, a father and a husband. But uh, for sure, growing up in Brazil uh, is an important element of how I perceive myself to be. And it's interesting that the Apostle Peter here in this one verse chooses to address the Christians who are reading this letter as aliens and sojourners, or in some translations, pilgrims and exiles. Uh, he chooses to refer to them and now to you and to me, 21st century followers of Jesus Christ, as aliens and sojourners. And for many of us, I'd say this is quite of an alien uh, reference or a very strange reference. We have a hard time relating to it. But I think um, he has a point to make by calling us aliens and exiles. Those in Christ, those who follow Jesus, they have been born again into a family. And now they belong uh, to a different country, to a better country, the way uh, Hebrews puts it, and this new identity that's bestowed on us necessarily, necessarily has to shape the way we engage with everything, including our national identity and the culture that surrounds us. You see, probably Peter's original audience was indeed made of literal aliens and sojourners pilgrims, immigrants that were now living in a land that was not their native land, living in exile. And we're struggling with the challenges that come with that experience. But I think Peter is hitting at something that cuts a little deeper here. Just before verse 11, 
Peter talks about those who follow Jesus using five different descriptors, five different titles that come from the Old Testament. A chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, God's people. Peter uses those Old Testament titles to describe a group of people that were not a people, but now because they follow Jesus, they are found in Jesus, they've become God's people. And now in verse 11, he does it again. He uses the same words that Abraham used in Genesis 23 to describe himself. There he talks about himself saying he's an alien, he's a stranger. And Peter does that so that we can be inserted as followers of Jesus Christ into this storyline uh, of the people of God, of Israel, who began their journey as aliens and lived much of their story as aliens in exile. So those who find themselves in Jesus Christ are aliens. That's the core of who they are. That's the core of who you are. And the fact is that most of us are so far removed from that reality that it becomes extremely difficult for us to experience being aliens as a core aspect of who we are and how we engage with the world and a core aspect of our identity. And I think that Peter uses a very strong expression here to call our attention to that. He goes on to say, I beseech you, I urge you, I beg of you. He's sort of a grabbing our attention and redirecting us to a most important thing about our identity, aliens. He goes on to warn us, abstain from the passions of the flesh. Passions of the flesh, a very interesting word choice here. The Greek word translated as passion refers to this idea of an over-desire, an all-controlling drive and longing. You know, the things that we find uh, in our lives that consume all of our attention, our time, our effort, our emotions, being driven by this over desires. And the problem is that at, time, at times these over desires are directed to the things that stand in opposition to the Spirit of God. We desire things that don't come from the Spirit of God. We over desires those things, which in Peter's language uh, he calls the flesh, the systems behind how this world operates. Perhaps this is an oversimplification, but it is the idea of finding meaning and purpose in self-fulfillment The most times comes from power, money, and sex. So these passions of the flesh, following our own desires in the pursuit of meaning and purpose, in the pursuit of our own identity, in the things that the world has to offer, becomes one of the great threats of our lives. And Peter is saying in a very strong language, abstain from it, resist it, walk away from it. And this is a very real tension. The luring of the systems of this world are very strong. Again, the language Peter uses to describe how strong they are is the language of a war, of a battle being waged. The systems of this world use all the weapons they have to convince us, to make us buy into the narrative that says that we can ascribe value to our own identity. We can be who we feel we should be. It's all about authenticity. That's the storyline. It's all about following our desires. It's all about following our instincts. 
Don't let anyone tell you what to do. You determine what you should do. You are the captain of your own ship. Don't let anyone tell you who you are. You determine who you are. You define your own identity. You don't fit into labels. You write your own labels. Be authentic. Pursue your desires. Does the message sound familiar? And friends, this narrative, this storyline is so pervasive. It sneaks into our hearts and our minds in such a way that at times we even have a hard time identifying that. This is the danger we aliens refer to as assimilation. But the stakes of this war are extremely high. Our soul is at risk. And I would argue with you that the word so here is actually referring to the whole sense of self that we have, our sense of identity, our identity in Christ. The stakes are high. What's at risk here is becoming a sort of a deformed resemblance of the people God is calling us to be, which at the end of the day, instead of bringing satisfaction to ourselves, fulfillment, a sense of wholeness, only brings hunger, emptiness, and more wounds. Friends, it's a war that's being waged against your whole being, against your soul. And as we conclude this time together, I'd like to offer some advice to you as to how we should engage in this war. So from alien to alien, how to resist becoming a deformed resemblance of a beautiful divine project. So the first one, the first advice is, there is a war being waged against your soul. Don't ignore it. Do not ignore it. Assimilation is a real threat we aliens have to resist. I, I think a good thermometer to indicate where we are in this spectrum of awareness is to assess our ability to be shocked. Have you been shocked lately? So when we, when we first arrive in the country, we have a fresh take on how the culture operates. Um, for better or for worse, and we get shocked. A good shocked and sometimes a bad shocked. But with time, the temptation is to get used to the climate around us, to how people around us do life. And the temptation is to become desensitized and to forget, to lose the ability to be shocked. We become so used to the systems of this world, to the flesh in the language of Peter, we become so enthralled by this narrative of authenticity, of you write your own story, that we end up forgetting who we are and whose we are. Let me ask you this. What do you follow on social media? What are the movies that you watch? How are relationships portrayed in those movies? How are women portrayed in those movies? How are men minority people's groups? Have you lost the ability to be shocked? What about the songs that you listen to? Do they remind you of the things of God, the things of your home country, or are they utterly void of the things of God? Who are your dear friends, your peer group, the people you socialize with? What do you guys do together? Do they help you understand how God wants you to live? Or do they help you forget every memory of your home country? How do you spend your money? How do you spend your time? 
Do they reflect the heart of God? Have you lost the ability to be shocked? Second advice, from alien to alien, there is a war and it's costly. Life as an alien is hard. I can tell you story after story of how challenging it is. And I'm sure those of you here uh, who come from overseas can now also share some of those very stories. Uh, one of the main themes uh, of Peter's first letter, a letter to the elect uh, aliens of the dispersion, the exiles, is uh, the idea of uh, adversity. It's costly to live as an alien in exile. So don't be surprised if uh, life gets tough when you start following Jesus. Don't be surprised if people don't get you, if they don't understand your language or the way you do things or how you engage with the world. You are aliens in exile. Don't be surprised if you get homesick. You will get homesick. You will long for home and that's a good thing. Don't be surprised if you have to give up on things that you hold dear to or let go of dreams. Don't be surprised if your journey begins and brings you tears. You're aliens in exile. But friends, take comfort in this. This adversities are not an indication that God has abandoned you. Our adversities are a means of growth. It's how you become your true self. Because it's only when you face adversities, it's only when you're needy, it's only when Jesus is all that you have, uh, that's when you truly understand that Jesus is all that you need. Last one, from alien to alien, last piece of advice, there is a war being waged against your soul, so stand on firm ground. Peter says in verse 11, uh, starting with a very interesting uh, choice of word, beloved. At a first reading, you might think that he's referring to his own affections towards these aliens and sojourners. But another way to look at that, and in my mind it makes sense, since uh, Peter has been talking about in the last uh, few verses the identity of God's people, is to see Peter hitting at a spiritual truth. You are beloved of God. Our alien status, your alien status, is not due to the fact that you were born in a different country. We are aliens because, first and foremost, the Father chose to love us. And that's not just one more trait of our identity. It's the very core of our identity as aliens. We are beloved of God. And when the scripture talks about the love of the Father, it's not talking about this passive, laissez-faire, always good type of love we hear about today. According to scripture, the love of God is a pursuant, hard at work, all redeeming kind of love. You see, it's a different storyline. It's not a storyline of self-discovery, but it's a narrative of discovering God and his love for us. It's a story of love on a journey. The love of God that reaches out to us before we are lovable and chooses us and breathes life into us and enables us to embrace Jesus and to repent of our ways and to believe and to be saved. It's a love that through the death of Jesus Christ binds our wounds and makes us whole. 
a love that brings satisfaction. It's the love of God that brings us into a family, that gives us brothers and sisters. It's the love that bestows upon us meaning, real meaning, purpose, real purpose, and a new identity, a real identity. You see, it's not a narrative of self-discovery, a narrative of works, but it's a narrative of grace. Friends, our true identity is found not in pursuing our own desires. It's found outside of ourselves. When by grace we find God, that's when we find who we are. It's only when we see the face of God that we can look at ourselves and understand who he has made us to be. Stand firm on that ground. You are beloved of the Father. Let me ask you this. Do you know that God loves you? Have you experienced this kind of love? This pursuant, hard at work, all redeeming kind of love? Let that truth soak in your hearts. Let the truth guide your mind. And you see that as a consequence, your hands will begin writing a very different story. Not a story of self-discovery, but a story of discovering life in Jesus Christ. A story of confidence, of faith, of joy in the beloved. This verse, in a way, works in this letter as a hinge. Um, Peter talks about who we are in the first uh, couple of chapters. And he goes on to address how we as aliens are supposed to conduct our lives in exile in a foreign land. And what a way to send us out into the world, right? Our moral actions in this world are a consequence of our identity. You do the things that come steam from who you are. And our identity is grounded in the love of the Father that's unshakable and everlasting. Allow me to finish our time together by reading this time, 1 Peter 2.11, but in English. 1 Peter 2.11. Beloved, I urge you as aliens and exiles to abstain from the passion of the flesh, which wage war against your soul. This is how you find love, love and life, friends. Will you pray with me? Father, we are grateful for your word. We are grateful for your spirit that uh, not only allows us to understand, but allows us to experience what it means to be born into a new family, into a new country, and to live uh, on this ground, to live sustained and based on your love. I pray that this morning, every single one of us here might truly experience and be uh, grabbed by your love. We pray this in the name of Jesus, our Savior. Amen.